The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Thursday, May 11th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. We are knocking on the door of the weekend. We are knocking on the door of a couple of mixed martial arts events. We have Bellator Paris otherwise known as Bellator 296, going down tomorrow. Main event, Gegard Mousasi versus Fabian Edwards. We have a first-round matchup in the lightweight Grand Prix. Mansar Barnoui versus Brent Primus. Douglas Lima back in the cage. He will take on Costello Von Stinas. And those are some of the 15 fights that are on the card. And then Saturday, we have... Early day MMA, which just puts a big-ass smile on my face. 11.30 a.m. Eastern start time for the prelims. They're in Charlotte, North Carolina. ABC broadcast. Main event, Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Jailton Almeida. We have Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker. Rest of the main card, Daniel Rodriguez versus Ian Machado-Gary. We have Carlos Ulberg, Ihor Poteria. Tim Means, Alex Morono, Matt Brown, Court McGee is on this card as well. Carl Williams, Chase Sherman, Cody Stamen, Douglas Silva de Andrade, Natan Levy, Pete Rodriguez, that fight being rebooked. For this card, Gian Kim, Mandy Boehm, Gabe Green versus the hometown hero, if you will, Brian Battle, and Jessica Rose Clark, Tainara Lisboa will kick off the festivities. So we could talk about all of that. We can talk about the fallout still of UFC 288. 
we can talk about that whatever you want to call it press conference on Tuesday between Jake Paul and Nate Diaz and I wasn't going to watch it because I just didn't really want to, but I ended up watching it. I went against my better judgments and uh, yeah, as my best friend likes to say, paraphrasing, if you will, uh, that was a press conference and that's about it. Uh, it did nothing to hype up the fight. I understand it was like, a, this is an on sale ticket type of thing, but this is like, the first time these two guys are together and it did nothing to enhance any excitement for this card. Nate just seemed completely uninterested in it. Jake tried his best to, to rile Nate up and Nate wanted nothing to do with it. We had uh, Derek from better media, just make a complete asshole out of himself. And then he put out this p apology, which was absolute bullshit. Ugh. That shit just drives me insane. But uh, so that was that. Uh, we will have a BTL today, and it's going to be a good one. Jed Mashu versus Brian Campbell. He is back on the program, and he is excited to join us. And I am excited to have him back on. So it should be a lot of fun. Twelve thirty p.m. Eastern time for BTL. All right, let's go to you guys. We're gonna run this and keep this going till about eleven a.m. Eastern, and then we're gonna try to probably cut it off right around that time. So let's get after it and let's start with four corner sports. What's up, buddy? Hey Mike. Can we set up Casey Lydon with with with, with this fucking schmuck from Better Media? I mean it, it's kind of ridiculous because I agree there were some people out there that were saying that, you know, why are you gonna set up um you why are you gonna rile up Trent um Nate? He's the one person that you probably wouldn't want to do that because one, he doesn't walk around with any bodyguards. This guy walks around with like a army of uh, well-trained, what's it called black belts, and you, you, we already seen what happens when um, you know when, when shit hits the fan. So, I mean, that was stupid on his end. I really didn't watch it; I just saw the highlights and I saw the apology, whatever. It was it was BS. But uh, I wanted to talk about um, this weekend's fight. Um, one fight that intrigues me a lot is. Um, Ian Machado Gary versus uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I don't know if this is a giant step for um, Ian Gary, but if he's able to get past uh, Danny Rodriguez, um, my whole thing is how far is the USC going to catapult him into the welterweight division? Just because I feel like the higher, as, as soon as you get into like the top 15, you know, top 10, they might be able to expose Ian Gary. And I know the UFC, you know, see something in him. I know uh, he has a lot of talent, but you think this might be a little bit too quick for him to, you know, chew off. Uh, and then also, um, Justin Almeida, uh, Jorginho Rosenstrike. How long do you see that fight lasting? I know a lot of people are probably going to be betting the under one and a half. Um, if... Jason Almeida is unable to um, submit or able to get um, Jairzinho out of there early. Do you think that we'll be able to see some type of holes from Almeida? And lastly, what's your um, your thoughts and, and opinions on uh, Cedric Dumbe uh, signing with the PFL? I know uh, New York Rick talks about him a lot and saying that he was a star and said something about, you know, some promotion wasn't going to have to sign him because, you know, this guy is, is killing it. 
But what's your opinion on him signing with the PFL? All right, thanks, Mike. Smart move from the PFL, that's for sure. Uh, Bellator should have been all over that. Uh, and I'm, I don't know at all whether or not Bellator took a shot at him, but uh, PFL did it. They ponied up. He, I, put, I think he put out some kind of video where he's saying he was making close to or over six figures per fight for the PFL. So I guess PFL just has a, a bunch of money to spend and wise investment, at least we think. Now let's see what the the matchups look like, and we'll see how he performs on. Because I think he's in the tournament now. Because there's a whole bunch of failed drug tests. We reported, I think, four or five names. PFL put out a statement that there's going to be a bunch more. So, um, yeah, timing is, is is perfect. He's, I guess, going to make his debut in June when the PFL goes to Atlanta. So, yeah, good signing. I like it. I think Almeida, I don't know. Like, you, you make a good point because Jarzy and Rose Strike, not a, he's not a terrible, like, defensive wrestler. And he's very tough to submit. I don't think he's ever been submitted in his career. So there is a world where this fight could get extended a little bit, but I could also see Jelton just taking him down, mounting him, and just punching him in the face over and over again until the referee stops it. Uh, so I would say it's going, it, it's, it's going to end in the first round, early second. I think the under one and a half is a pretty good bet. I think it's at minus two Oh five. So, uh, but I think the Jelton train will continue to move at a ferocious pace. And I think he will have to fight Sergey Pavlovich next for a, either an interim title or a vacant title. And yeah, there's a reason why Jelton's the headliner here. They're they're going to try to strap the Rockets to him, I think, and I think this is a, a this is the biggest test of Almeida's career. There's no doubt about it. This is the toughest fight he's had, but I think stylistically, it's a really good one for him. And then the Ian Gary D Rod fight. I was just I'm looking at the betting odds right now. Minus three hundred for Ian Machado Gary. That seems really high. I think he should be the favor, but minus three hundred just seems awfully high i know daniel rodriguez is not the youngest buck in the welterweight division but the dude is still very solid i like the matchmaking i think it's perfect matchmaking let's throw ian into some sort of fire and see how he handles it and as i said on on to the next one after kevin holland's win at ufc 287 winner of this fight's gonna fight kevin holland next ian gary wins Ian Gary versus Kevin Holland's a hell of a fight. And if D-Rod wins, there's some history between those two guys. We could finally try to get those two guys in the octagon together. So I think the winner will get the Kevin Holland fight. But I like the matchmaking. I love how Ian Machado Gary approaches these fights. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but uh, there's a video that's been circulating on social media with Ian walking up to, to D-Rod and shaking his hand and Having just a nice conversation with the man. I love that stuff. And I like Ian Gary a lot. Uh, really nice guy. I've talked to him at scrums and pressers and stuff like that. But I've And I've talked to him like face-to-face, like in person a bunch. Uh, just a really nice guy. Very confident guy, but a very nice young guy. 
you don't see that a lot from fighters his age, and he's he's the man. I like him a lot. And D-Rod's the man, too. JD, hello. JD, are you there? There we go. You there, good buddy? Yes, how are you? Dude, I'm fantastic. Uh, I love the idea of either quote-unquote running back D-Rod if he beats Gary against Kevin Holland or Ian Gary going up against Holland. I think it's fantastic. My opinion, Holland is the GOAT. I know he's not, but I'll always say he is because he's my favorite. Um, anyway, uh, question for you. Uh, do you know who Boots on the Ground is for BKFC in Greenville or Charlotte this Saturday? Um, we do not have Boots on the Ground for either card. It, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, Green, with, I think they're in Greenville. Greenville's kind of a hike for me. So um, I'll bring you back in in a second, JD, but... Uh, Charlotte's kind of a hike too. Early card. Um, I could do most of what I want to do. Like here. So I, I yeah, it's just one of those cards where we're just gonna just have everybody do it remotely. Um, yeah, and the BKFC card. There's just not a lot of uh, a lot of meat on the bone that BKFC card to to go out there now if like Mike Perry Luke Rockhold like if that BKFC 41 card was uh in Greenville I would probably be there or if like Paige is fighting on that card probably be there but yeah not a not a ton of meat on the bone if you will uh what else you got JD uh anyway I wanted to talk about it on Tuesday but I'll keep it short um I think by the end of the year we're gonna look back on 2023 and see that team Grosso has made a massive statement. Um, we'll probably also say the same thing about Sarah Longo, but I think team Grosso is going to be one of those teams where it's like, damn, they made a fucking statement. Um, anyway, just thoughts on that. Good buddy. Thanks. And, uh, have a great day. You too, man. Yeah. I mean, they're rolling right now. It's not just team Grosso. It's like team Mexico. They're just, they're just rolling. Everything is coming up in their favor right now, and uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Diego Lopez is just super fun. I even said on to the next one, like I, I don't typically match make for losers of main card fights on post-pay-per-view Otnos, but I gave him – I want him, Diego Lopez versus Charles Jordan. I think that's a fun-ass fight, and I, I want to see that guy back in there. I want to see him fight as much as possible. Super fun guy, super fun fighter. It's good on the feet, really good on the ground. I mean, he had Mobzar Vloyev in all sorts of trouble. But, yeah, fun dude, fun fighter, all those guys. Um, and like I said, I got vibes. I got some vibes about the next pay-per-view. I got some vibes. I'm kind of leaning Arini Aldana right now. Might not be a popular pick. I might not jump over that line, but I'm edging there. I am edging over there. I'm telling you right now, but we'll see. Tristan. Hey, hello. Mike, how's everything, man? Um, by any chance, did you listen to um, the ranking show on the, um, obviously, MMA Fighting Podcast Network? Great website, by the way. 
I did. I did listen okay. to it. Okay. So when they were talking about the heavyweights and they went to Damon Martin, shout out to Damon. God, God, God bless Damon Martin. He was like, yeah, I think Tommy Arsenal's washed. I'm like, what? Well, hold on a second. He's washed already? He's, what, 30? He's just coming back injury. I'm like, oh, hold on a second. I, that, Mike, you got to agree. You got to agree. He, Damon's trolling, right? You, you got to think he's trolling, right? I mean, like, you don't think he's washed. He's, hold on, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't, I have to go back and listen to it, but I don't remember Damon saying he was washed. I remember Damon saying he was overrated. I don't know. That he's not that he's a little bit overrated. Could, that's that. That's what I remember him saying. I don't know. You got to get AK in here. I mean, AK's in here. Because, like, because I think he did say those And then here's the thing, because, like, Shaheen was like, wow. Everybody got quiet, but he was, I could hear Shaheen say, wow. So I, I really, I think he used those words washed, man. And I was just like, because he was like, he was like, yeah, he's going to beat a couple of guys, but he's not being the top dudes. And I'm like, I mean, listen, it's Damian Martin. It's his opinion. He has the right to it. But I was just like, floored. I was like, already, man. All right. All right. We'll see. You know, but shout out to that man, man. He He's not afraid. Shout out to Damian. He's not afraid. That man is not afraid. Just, I want your your thoughts. If he said it, I'm, I'm a hypothetical. What do you think of Tom Aspion overall? And then you said that you're going to have um, BC on BTL. Uh, later on today, um, he was on his show on the morning combat and he was talking about the state of the uh, of the UFC right now, as far as uh, matchmaking is concerned, because, uh, you know, it's, it's it's not looking great so far for the UFC. I, what, from what he was saying, because he was just like, man, they're just mix and matching the fights. Um, they had to take off. You know, next week you have Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Angela Hill headline that card. Holly Holm is headlining another card. People weren't too happy about that. They were losing their minds over that. So just overall, your take a little bit your, of the state of the UFC as far as matchmaking is concerned with these fight night cards and pay-per-views. Even he was saying with the pay-per-view, the International Fight Week was, you know, you weren't getting blockbuster fights. I mean, it's a great card, but not blockbuster. So just your overall thoughts of the state of the USC and what Damon Martin had to say. God bless that, man. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I again, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember Damon saying Aspinall was washed. Uh, he thinks Aspinall might be a little highly rated, maybe more than he should be, but we don't really know. Like, we would have gotten some answers to that question had that fight with Curtis Blades had, a, like, an actual ending. It just ended in an unfortunate way, so we don't really know. And now he's going to fight Marcin Tybora, which is a tough fight, but it's not – I still don't know if that's going to answer a lot of the questions. Now, could Marcin Tybora go in there and do Tybora things? It's possible. But I, I think Aspinall's got something. I, I think there's something there. And until I'm proven wrong, I'm, I'm going to stay there. So I think I have him rated appropriately. Let me see where I have Tommy Aspinall ranked. My personal rankings. Where do I have him? I have Aspinall number five. So I, I think that's kind of yeah. I I might actually have him higher than anybody else. Now that I'm looking at it, uh, I will tell you right now. If 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 Jelton Almeida, I have Jelton Almeida ranked number nine. 
I want to rank him higher. And if he goes out there and just melts Jarzinho like he's done everybody else, I'm probably going to bump him into my top five. Like there's a, there's a very, there's a chance that happens. The only reason I haven't ranked him higher is because I just haven't been fully convinced that he's a heavyweight. Like, I guess he's kind of in on it now because he's getting these big fights and he's getting headline spots, but I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop or he's just like, eh, I'm going to go back to 205. And I don't know if he just needs to lose at heavyweight before that happens, but yeah, I got to ask it on my top five. There's something there. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that Tybora fight goes. He's going to look like a star in London like he always does. And we'll just kind of see how it all plays out from there. He's definitely in this discussion for the title, especially with John Jones's future up in the air. That's for sure. But it's kind of hard to say whether Damon is right or not because we just haven't seen him in a big-time spot yet. Can he beat some of the top dudes? Don't really know. The only sample size you really got was the few seconds of the Curtis Blades fight that ended in just awful fashion. I did pick Curtis Blades to win that fight ahead of time, but I was, I was ready to be proven wrong. We just didn't get the opportunity to get the answers to those questions. And as far as the matchmaking goes, I mean, look, we've been talking about this since I got to MMA fight. There's just too many cards. There's too many cards, and they all have to be 14 or 15 fights. And when that happens, you just don't have a lot of wiggle room. You only have so many people that are available to fight, and you only have so many stars on the roster. There's just not a lot of stars in the UFC. Like, the UFC is – they're comfortably floating in what they're doing right now. Because the UFC is a brand, and oftentimes it doesn't matter who's on the cards because the hardcore fans are going to watch anyways. And then once in a while, John Jones comes back. The casual audience is going to be much more invested. When Connor comes back, it's going to be the same way. And a lot of these cards are like hardcore cards. That's just what they are. Like, look at the next several main events for the next two months. We got Rosenstrike Almeida. I mean, is that one that's like, that's like an apex main event, if we're being honest. Now, I understand why they're doing this, because they want to strap the boots to Almeida, or at least try to. That's why it's an ABC card. They're going to put this guy, they're at least trying with Almeida, and I can appreciate that. Next week is Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. Injury, all of that, this is what we get. Same thing with the following week. I love the Kai Car France versus uh, Amir Al-Bazi fight. Catalana, you can get jump back in because I'm going to go to you next. Uh, then we get Nunez versus Aldana. That's not an $80 fight. It's just not. After that, we get middleweighty middleweights. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. That's an Apex card. Following week, we're back on the road. We're in Jacksonville. Josh Emmett versus Ilya Taporia. I'm, I, I don't know how many tickets that card's going to sell. I honestly have no idea. And then we get Sean Strickland versus Abus Maga Madoff. That's the July 1st card, which is apparently getting some other fights as well. Um, well, obviously it will. Then we get the Volkanovsky-Rodriguez fight. I love that fight, by the way. I know it's not a blockbuster. I know that's not a million pay-per-view buy kind of fight. But I think Volkanovsky is very close to breaking through 
And that, like, out of all the fights you could make right now, Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez is, like, top three fights I am the most fascinated by. Because I, I think Yair Rodriguez is a, has a very interesting style that can give Volkanovski problems. I'm picking Volk to win that fight, but I think this fight's going to be really competitive and fun to watch. And then, potentially, we're getting a Holly Holm, Myra Bueno Silva main event the following week. So, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think the UFC is just kind of banking on, let's get John Jones and Stipe in there because that's going to be massive. That is going to be a gigantic pay-per-view when that fight gets put together. Whether people love the matchmaking or not, whether people think Stipe deserves a title shot or not, doesn't matter. That fight's going to be humongous. If they can get Connor and Chandler sometime this year, that's going to be gigantic as well. Getting Izzy back in there, I think, is going to be important. Leon Edwards, Colby Covington is going to be a big fight when they put that one together. They have these fights. It's just a matter of, I, I think a lot of it was when Dana made the bold statement that Colby was the guy, I think a lot of people thought July was going to be John Jones versus Stipe, maybe Colby versus Leon on that International Fight Week card. And then Leon comes out and says, well, I'm not fighting till." September, October, which is fine. I have no issue with that whatsoever, but I think the UFC had all these plans and now they have to realize that some of these guys just aren't available and they're like, oh shit, what are we going to do now? And this is sort of the lineup that we get. Now, I love the International Fight Week card. I think it's loaded. It's great. We also have to take into account that all these fights probably aren't going to happen. We're probably going to lose one or two of them. In fact, they're still promoting Davis and Figueredo versus Manel Cop when Davis and Figueredo has flat out said into live interviews that he ain't fighting on that card. So I don't understand why that is even still listed on the broadcast, like, or even listed in the lineup right now. The fight, unless, like, Davis and Figueredo is a magic healer, he doesn't seem like he's fighting. I don't think he's cleared to fight or even train at this point. So yeah, this is look, there's going to be stretches as long as these sorts of ESPN deals continue on and they have to put on 40 something cards every year. We're going to get stretches that look like this. We're going to get stretches that look like this. I loved personally, I loved the UFC 288 lineup. Losing Bryce Mitchell from the Mobzar fight definitely stung a little bit, but I liked the lineup. But even Aljo said, because Captain Eric said they did 700,000 paper, 700, pay-per-views on the MAR yesterday. No fucking way. There's just no way. Absolutely not. Uh, and Aljo refuted that and said, eh, we'll be, lucky to, we'll be lucky to do 250K. That's kind of the wheelhouse. That's like, that's the hardcores that are never missing a card. Like if you look at, like from the pro wrestling world, if you look at AEW, and their and their ratings, they ain't pulling big ratings. They're they're just getting they're doing like 800, 850,000 viewers every week. Those are the people that are gonna watch that show every single week. They're not losing, they're not gaining, but that's like the the creme de la creme. That's like right in the wheelhouse. And these paper and the July tenth UFC two eighty nine card. It's going to be the same way. It's going to do 250000 might do a little less because people want to save their money for International Fight Week. International Fight Week will probably do like a half a million. And then when we get to like John Jones, Stipe, that's probably going to flirt with a million. Connor's going to do over a million. But again, for the UFC, 
the pay-per-view buys, for the most part, it's just cherry on top of the Sunday. A lot of these event, a lot of these locations they're going to now, they are paying the UFC to come. And then obviously they get a piece of the gate and ESPN pays them a chunk of money to to broadcast the card on, on their network. So, I mean, whether it does 150,000 buys or a million, it doesn't truly affect the UFC's bottom line all that much because they're getting a big sum of money to put their cards on the ESPN platform. That's the deal that they've made. So, and when you have deals like that, you can just chuck out main events and who gives a shit? You know what I mean? But it is kind of weird, and there are certainly not a bunch of blockbuster main events. Some interesting fights that we will appreciate, but not a lot where we're going to be like, oh, we have to, can't miss this. Can't miss Sean Strickland, Abus Magomedov. Such a weird main event. Such a weird main event. All right, so the lines are open if you want to hop back in. I know there are some people waiting, and I went on a little diatribe there. Um, but happy to get your thoughts about what I had to say, uh, future matchups that are on the books. Um, looks like we're going to get Grant Dawson, Demir Ismagulov on that July 1st card. So that's that's a damn good fight. Ismagulov coming back for one more, and he's got to fight freaking Grant Dawson. Good Lord. Good Lord, that's a tough one. Take a sip of my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. We still have the Jake Paul, Nate Diaz presser that we can talk about. There's a bunch of shit we can talk about. Uh, for good and for bad. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, let's bring Ani in, and then we'll go to Toke. Ani, what's up? Hello. Um, you too. So, Mike, I just want to talk about the uh, Amanda Nunes and Irene Aldana fight. I think, you know, we, we're just giving that card as in like i know it's ufc's big return to canada and we were expecting something explosive or something nice i think having amanda nunes fight or just witness amanda nunes fight at this point in her career 
must be treated as something special. I mean, it might not be special in terms of pay-per-views or um, viewership, etc. But I think Amanda Nunes fighting is special because we we have no idea how how many more fights she has left. Um, you know, and and her fights are exciting. As in, like, I don't remember a boring Amanda Nunes fight in the last two or three years, whether it is a one-sided beatdown or a quick dismantling. There are moments, like, you know, the Juliana Pena winning, the way she won, the way she made Amanda quit, it was that special because Amanda made it that special because she was this unclimbable mountain. That's the reason it was special. And when she came back and she dominated Juliana Pena again, it was an entertaining fight. As in, it, I wouldn't call it a dud fight. It was a really nice fight. Amanda Nunes is an exciting fighter. And I'm not going to say that it's a fight of the night level fight, but, you know, those fights which are a bit entertaining, something that, you know, most um, hardcore MMA fans and maybe uh, fairly regular MMA fans might enjoy. You know what I mean? So I think it's really special that Amanda Nunes is fighting in Canada and everyone over there actually gets to witness uh, the female, I mean, you know, or the quote, if you know what I mean, um, at her best, you know. And um, I did have something else to say, but I just can't remember it. Um, Oh, yes, I wanted to tell you about my dream. You know, I had a dream yesterday that Dana White was so so damn in love with slap fighting that he left UFC and he made slap fighting completely independent living in his delusional numbers right wouldn't that be an amazing dream to come true Mike you know what I mean that would be an amazing dream to come true Uh, thank you Mike thanks buddy well we know that's not gonna happen Um, the slap fight thing is insane Um, look I'll say this again if you watch Slap Fight, good on you. Like, that's fine. Um, Dana loves to paint this narrative that, like, we're all against it because he's a part of it. No, we're against it because we can't av- escape it or avoid it. Now, Power Slap was just, like, its own entity and just promoted its events and its cards on their own platforms I don't think the, feed, the, the, the feedback would be as negative, but it's the fact that they're taking over the UFC accounts and it's like, it's just so stupid. It just drives me crazy. And Dana likes to pull up the, well, Logan Paul and Arnold Schwarzenegger put on a slap fight thing and no one said a word. Well, it's because they didn't cram it down our throats. They put it on their social media pages and if like those, if people wanted to watch it, they could. It's not the same. This is completely different. This is completely different. But yeah, that whole thing with the social media numbers is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, I mean, I get what you're saying with the Nunez thing, but to say she hasn't had some stinkers uh, would be incorrect, at least in my opinion. That second Valentina Shevchenko fight was awful. That was an awful fight. I know that was a lo- up over five years ago, but that was an awful fight. Um, the Cyborg fight was great. Because it was just 51 seconds of just throwing haymakers at each other. The Holly Holm fight was cool because she because the knockout the Duranami fight wasn't all that spectacular. The Felicia Spencer fight certainly wasn't all that spectacular. Um, Megan Anderson fight just kind of went the way everybody expected it to. 
And then the Pena fights were fine. Like Pena gets the big win, and that was a huge moment. And I've said this, I've said this a bunch of times since the rematch. Uh, the most compelling ass kicking I've ever watched. Outside, eh, it's it's either one A, one B with the Max Holloway Calvin Cater fight. But this is probably a little more compelling because Pena at least gave the notion that maybe something big was going to happen. But yeah, and, and I think the wind got taken out of people's sails too when they booked the trilogy fight because nobody asked for the trilogy fight with Pena. Nobody did. Everyone, if they were going to do it, Aldana was kind of the, the name on the top of everybody's lists. It took an injury to get her there, but I think this is a better fight. I think this is a better fight. And I think Rene Aldana has a real chance to win it too. But I do, I, I do agree with what you're saying, though. Like we're, we're only going to have her for so long. And to be honest with you, if you asked me like two years ago if Amanda Nunes would be fighting in 2023, I would have said probably not. But she's keeping the train going. And I like this fight with Rene Aldana, and we'll see how it plays out June 10th. Joe, oh, hello. Uh, some of the wonders of the world. Um, and the first thing is how, and I, I'm surprised that this didn't come up on Tuesday, or at least I didn't hear it on the, on the re, uh, on re-listening to the episode. Um, how it's very rare that we see fighters get over when they don't fight, but there's nothing that Barab could have done fighting that got him over the that could have gotten him over the way that he got over on Saturday with the stealing the jacket and all that stuff. Nothing could have compared. So I'm just amazed that that we finally get to see Mirab get the shine that he uh, needs to get, and that's just because he steals a thriller jacket from Sean O'Malley, and that's it. It's so strange. And the other thing. I want you to explain the great white to me, Alex Morono. I still don't really get it because it seems like he only fights young whippersnappers with no experience or low experience, I should say, or veterans who are completely over the hill. Um, I'm, I know he lost last time to Santiago Ponsonibio, which just showed that Ponsonibio is not done yet. But other than that, it's been... Donald Cerrone, and now Tim Means. I mean, all these guys that are so far past their peak, and I don't really get what he gets out of it. So he doesn't really, he's just a, hey, I'm going to fight the old guy's guy without doing anything else. And it seems a bit strange. So I want you to explain the great white to me. Uh, And that was actually it, Mike. So have have a heck of a Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I like Alex Barotto. I, I actually think he's uh, he's actually getting better with the striking. His his ground game's really good, but he doesn't really get to show it that much. And to be fair with the Cerrone fight, he took that fight on like a week's notice. Whoever Cerrone was going to fight fell out, and he just kind of stepped up. Same with the Ponzinibbio fight. I thought Morono looked, I thought Morono looked great in the Ponzinibbio fight. He was winning that fight until the finish, and I gotta say, I. I I don't think I think that was an early stoppage. Like I, I think that was that was a poor stoppage, if we're being honest. Like usually I'm like 
I'd rather you stop it sooner than than later. But in that case, I thought Morona was still fine. And I didn't love that stoppage. And I know Alex didn't love that stoppage either. So I think he's he's, he's this is just the fights that he gets. A lot of them, he just steps in on like a week or two notice and steps in, does the UFC a favor. And I think this is a really good matchup for him. I think he's going to probably beat Tim Means. I don't know if he finishes him, but I think he beats him. And Morono's just a top 20 dude. He's a great, he's not a, he's not quite a gatekeeper. I think the UFC kind of use him that way, but he's definitely a litmus test for the younger guys and a good solid hand to sort of have a vet versus vet fight. So I, I completely get where you're coming from, um, from that sense. And then Marab with the jacket was incredible. It wasn't just that he took put the jacket. It wasn't just the whole stealing of the jackets. The fact that he like, put it on and just stood there with that shit-eating grin on his face, it was hilarious. Like It was just so funny, and Sean had no idea. He's just standing in between him and Aljo with the freaking jacket on. It was great. And then when... And then he jumps on top of the oct- uh, of the octagon, and and then O'Malley was like, "Oh, he's got my jacket on! Oh my god!" And then that turned into a whole thing. It was great. Marab's just a friggin' madman. Incredible. Uh, let's go CV. Then we'll go to uh, Silent Noise and J Stat and Zach. That's the order. CV, go. Yo, Mike. Good morning. Uh, just three quick questions for me. Uh, first question: <clears throat> I need to get your vibes check for uh, Game Six tonight, man. Uh, Boston and Philly. Um, personally, I think Boston wins because I don't trust Philly to close it out at home. Uh, second, um, what are your thoughts on the like? I've been I've been seeing like I, I know the Golden Rule, but like um, fingers crossed it happens in Boston in August. Uh, the rumored uh, uh, Jamal Hill and Prohaska uh, fight. I think that'll be a banger. And uh, third uh, question, not really a question, but I saw Sarukian got booked. Uh, against, oh, I forgot the guy's name, but I thought that was a really weird matchup because um, I sound like a casual here because I don't know that guy, but yeah, like who is that guy? But that's pretty much it. Uh, the Celtics game, look, here's how I think it's going to play out. I think the Celtics are going to go in there and just route Philly and then game seven will come around. Celtics will have a 20-point lead at halftime, and they'll probably piss it away and lose last second for something stupid, and we'll be left without any teams left in the playoffs. We'll be hopeful that the Red Sox can continue to win baseball games. But, yeah, I'm kind of – my expectations have have dropped quite a bit when it comes to that stuff. That's for sure. Uh, Jamal Hill, Yuri Prashka, I don't know. I don't know. It all depends on Yuri and – if that injury is is where it is, but that's a damn good fight to put on that Boston card. We were talking about fights that I, I really want to see this year. I would say Jamal Hill, Yuri Prohashka is probably in my top five to six. That fight's going to be great. So, yeah. It's a nice little one-two punch right there. Jamal Hill, Yuri Prohashka, and then Aljamain Sterling, Sean O'Malley. Sign me the hell up for that. Colby wants to fight on that card, too. Uh, he wants to fight in August. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's... Where Colby, if Colby had his druthers, he would fight in August as well. So maybe they got something good there. And then the Sarukian fight with Joaquin Silva, uh, Neto BJJ. Weird one. Very weird one. Uh, I was told that literally that's the, that was literally all Armin Sarukian can get right now. 
Uh, lots of different fights are on the table. Sarukian said yes to all of them. This is what I was told from somebody. Um, a lot of people on the other end are like, nah, not doing it. And this is literally all he can get right now. And we talk about this a lot. Sometimes you can be really good and start to make moves towards becoming a star. And then it just becomes really difficult to get fights. Marab has been there. I think Shafkar Rachmanov is sort of in that position right now and will kind of continue to be, especially now with the whole Bilal Muhammad Gilbert Burns fight and everything that happened there. Yeah. I mean, Joaquin Silva's, he was out for a while, stepped in on short notice, got a win in his last fight, got a, got a knockout, which isn't really his style. But he did it. And now he's going to have to deal with Armin Sarukian. Yikes. Weird fight, but, I mean, literally, Armin, that's like all you can get. Goes from main events with Hanata Moicano to, uh, to Neto BJJ. Interesting uh, turn of events. Silent noise. What's up, man? You're muted. I mean, you're living up to the Monica right now. All right, silent noise. Uh, still muted. Uh, let's go to J Stat. Zach, you're on deck. What's up, J Stat? To you. You too. Um, what are your thoughts about the Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker fight? Who do you think wins that fight and how? Um, that that'd be all for my question. Thank you. It's an interesting fight. It's an interesting fight. Uh, let me see where the betting lines are right now. I bet it's tight. It's a total pick 'em. Minus one ten on both sides. I favor Anthony Smith. But I, I, it's it's a hard fight to read because you just never know what Johnny Walker is going to show up. You just never know. Is he going to be the like absolute chaotic madman? Is he going to be more measured? Is he going to try to be like kind of boring? I don't know. But I like where Anthony Anthony Smith's headspace is at right now. I think it's a it's a pretty big step up for Johnny if we're being honest. So I will lean Anthony Smith to just sort of outlast Johnny Walker, maybe get a late finish, but that's one of those fights where nothing would surprise me. But it's a good fight. It's a good fight, and I understand why a lot of people feel that this should be the main event. Uh, Zach, hello. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I uh, just wanted to get you some uh, context on the Nate Landwehr-Dan Ige fight. Um, I saw... Uh, on a couple different places that it looked like it was being fought at lightweight, but then a couple other different places it's being fought at featherweight. I wanted to see if you knew which weight class it was being fought at, and also if it is at lightweight, why? And also um, just get some uh, – also on uh, our Celtics, got to get rid of the doomerism in you. Um, win by 40 tonight, win by 50 on Sunday, um, then on to probably Miami. Thanks, Mike. God, I hope you're right. I mean, I hope you're right. See, here's the thing, and I've talked about this on the show many times before. Since getting this job with MMA Fighting and, like, the scheduling of all the cards and everything, like, I have – it's not that I've 
I've stepped back from like being completely obsessed with Boston sports. Like I still pay attention and I watch what I can. Um, but sort of taking the, the week and a half off that I took was like right smack in the middle of the playoffs. So I dove back in and my heart was just shattered by the Bruins. And I hated the fact that they had to play Florida in the first round. And now Florida's probably going to win the Stanley Cup. Like that's just a really good team. But I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Um, I did see it. I did see it uh, during the 288 broadcast. They posted the 289 main card and it said that fight was a lightweight. That is a mistake. Uh, that is a mistake. Spoke with multiple people about it. It's, it is taking place at 145. Um, and there was some fight. David, look, the UFC makes mistakes on these graphics all the time. If you watch Dana White's announcement yesterday, they said Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja was for the Bantamweight title. So it's a mistake. It's it's going down at 145. It's a hundred. It's a featherweight fight. No worries there. Uh, let's try to get Silent Noise back in here. Are you there, Silent Noise? Yes, I am. Hi, hi, Mike. Uh, I have I have a number of questions for you. I hope that's okay, right? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, don't. I mean, don't go for ten minutes. But yeah, you can ask what you want. Okay, I think I'll do five minutes. Okay, first of all, <laughs> first of all, do you think that John Jones fights again after Stipe? And when do you think that fight is going to happen? Because we literally have heard nothing from John Jones or nothing from Stipe since that happened. That's number one. Number two, right? If Yuri, do you think Yuri will come back from injury quick enough for the fight between him and Jamel Hill to happen? And I don't know if that has been scheduled already. You know, or and and if that happens, where does that? place Alex Pereira in the whole situation, you know, which connects me back to Israel Adesanya. Do you think Izzy is running away from a third fight with Alex Pereira? I think so, right? I think that he he knows that that fight, he won that fight, but he knows that, you know, Alex is probably the better fighter. Do you have that same opinion or do you think that, um, uh, you know, Alex is, is Alex has gone to 205 and has gone for good. And the last question is, Figueredo is on the prelims for the International Fire Week. Do you think that's, you know, is it, is it, how, how do you go from being a champion, I think just last year, to being in the prelims already this year? What's, what's going on there? I, I found it quite, uh, you know, shocking. Thanks, man. So, look, again, and I talked about this earlier, I don't know why the UFC is promoting Figueredo versus Cobb. The fight is not happening. Unless something magically changed, even our own Guillermo Cruz reached out yesterday when we saw that graphic, and Figgy told him literally he's not fighting. He's not fighting on that card. He's done interviews and done video interviews saying he's not fighting. He's not going to be cleared. He's injured. He's not fighting. So I don't understand why that fight is on the card. Um, having said that, being on that prelim, not too bad. Because not only is that prelim going to be on ESPN, it's going to be on ABC as well. You're going to have a lot more eyeballs on that fight than the main card. So not a terrible place to be. The Let me see if I can remember all these. Uh, Jamal Hill, Yuri Prashka, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, Yuri's kind of the, the wild card with all of that. Would I love to see that in August? Absolutely. Do I think we will? 
I'm like 50-50 on it with like literally no insight. This is just all vibes. And where Pereira fits in this, I think if Yuri can't go, they're going to give Pereira the title shot. They'll give Pereira Jamal Hill because that fight is ridiculous. And it's ridiculously interesting with the striking of both of those guys. Now, with the whole Izzy thing, I mean, what is his? I don't think Izzy's running away from it. I think Izzy would, if the UFC offered him Pereira again on a big card, I think he would do it. But seems like the UFC already has plans. Pereira said he's moving to 205. He said that himself. And he wants to go to 205. He's a massive middleweight. He cuts so much weight to get to 185. Like, how many times can he do it? And I think he's gonna, he, he could have some success at 205. And that, like I said, they have plans for Izzy right now. They're doing the Robert Whitaker Jerkis Duplessis fight at UFC 290. And Dana said it yesterday as well. Winner of that fight fights out of Sanya later this year. Looks like they're planning to go back to Australia and they'll do that fight there. So, not a bad place to be. And you know what? If for some reason those two dudes just beat the hell out of each other and whoever wins that fight can't make it. To whenever that card is going to happen, get slide Pereira right back in there. So they have options there. And with John Jones, do I think he's going to fight again after the Steve Bay fight? No. I mean, maybe not forever, but he's definitely stepping aside for the time being, unless Francis comes back, which who the hell knows what's happening with that whole situation. He's not fighting Sergey Pavlovich. That fight probably doesn't interest him at all, unless they give him a big bag of money, and I don't think they will. He's not going to fight Jailton Almeida. He just wants to make a bag and get out. So, and all accounts, the plan is November for that card, or for that fight, MSG. And it'll be gigantic. Uh, let's go to Coach Mark. Coach Mark, hello. You just got to unmute yourself. Hey, yeah, hey, man, thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, I love what you guys are saying. I really love the 288 card, and I thought it was great for the women's strawweight division. But I had a question. Why does everybody want to fight Volk? I look like Cejudo, Sterling. I love the matchup they made with Rodriguez. But why is everybody looking to fight Volkanovski? Well, I mean, Volk, in a lot of people's eyes, is the number one fighter on the planet. Uh, and both those, I mean, Cejudo said he's coming back just to fight, just to get to Volk because he wants to become a, the first ever three division champion. Obviously that's not going to happen now, but Aljamain Sterling is a gigantic bantamweight. And he has said many times before that he can't make this cut that much longer. He even said after he made weight for 288, he goes, man, that cut was harder than I thought. He'll do one more time to get that big bag of money against Sean O'Malley. And then after that, like. You have possible contenders, but you, at that point, have already like broken all the records. So there's really not much for you to do. You become the all-time title defense leader for the division. You're on an island by yourself with the most consecutive title defenses. You have the longest winning streak in the history of the division. Resume is incredible. You probably cement yourself as the greatest bantamweight of all time, or at least you're in the, you're in the discussion more than you've ever been. There's really not much else for him to do at that division. He's not going to fight Marab. He already fought Corey Sanhagen. Cheeto Vera lost his last fight. I mean, there's just not much else for him. 
I don't think he's going to stick around and wait for Umar and Amalgamadoff to win a bunch of fights. Like, after that, like, you just go to 45. Now, do I think they will throw him in there with Volkanovsky? No, I don't. I think they're going to make him work for it. I don't think they're going to do him any favors. I mean, that's what I think as of right the second. Now, I could be wrong. He could go in there and put an absolute beating on Sean O'Malley and get over huge. And then maybe they do do that fight. But as of right now, Sterling's a nice guy. He's a great fighter, but he's not a big draw. So I just think there's bigger fights for Volk right now. And time will tell. But that's kind of where uh, where everybody's at. And then I heard Ali Abdelaziz say that when he was asked about an Islam Makachev rematch, that that fight does nothing for Islam Makachev. Could not disagree more. I think that fight does a lot for Islam Makachev because there's doubts. There's doubts about that fight. There are still people who come on this show and go on other shows who think Volkanovski won that fight. So I think at some point, they're going to have to run that back as long as both of them keep winning and keep defending their titles. But I don't want to see that fight anytime soon. Give me a year, 18 months. If both those guys just rattle off three, four wins, then we could do it again. But yeah, I mean, Sterling's just running out of options at 135. Uh, YMVC, close us out, my man. Hi, Mike. Heck of a morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, quick question for you. Um, uh, with John Jones and Stipe kind of being up in the air, do you think they're going to make Sergey versus Cyril gone? Wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. Have a heck of a morning. They could do that. I don't hate that idea. But my, my thought is the same as it was when, when they bumped the Jelton Almeida Rosenstrike fight up to the main event of Saturday's card. I think if Jelton goes in there and just runs through Jarzinho – they're going to do Sergey versus Jailton. It's either going to be for an interim title or if John Jones does beat Stipe and walks away, it'll be for the vacant title. Like That's what I think they're going to do. But Cyril Gon versus Sergey Pavlich is interesting, but why? Like Sergey gains zero from that fight. Gains nothing. So I don't know if he would take it. And that's a tough, like that's a, kind of a tough stylistic matchup for Sergey. I think Sergey has the power, sure. He's got that one-hitter quitter power or as Jose likes to say, he's that not one-hitter quitter but one-hitter to change the tone of an entire fight and then it's just uh, a death by a million lunchboxes is how Jose likes to frame it. And Cyril Gan is a is an excellent striker in his own right. So I just don't think the risk reward is necessarily there for Sergey Pavlovich. But if they do Jelton Almeida for an interim title or a vacant title, risk-reward is there. Because he ain't fighting John Jones. John's not taking that fight. Even though I think John would do really well in that fight, I think John would not even play around with Sergey. He would just go in there and tackle him and just do what John Jones does as a top-position grappler. John isn't going to mess around and try to strike with Sergey Pavlovich. So, yeah, it's kind of... Well, Maybe that answer changes on Saturday. If Jarzinho Rosenstrike beats Jelton Almeida, then maybe they try to do the Cyril Gan fight. But I honestly think if Jelton goes out there and 
handles his business on Saturday. They're going to try to do him and Sergey. It's kind of like the next in line, next in wait thing. Because if John beats Stipe, I think he is going to say, I'm out unless Francis comes back. That's what I think is going to happen. And then we need a, another fight. And then Stipe's probably gone as well. And we need something else to do. So let's crown a new champion with our two surging contenders. And that's, uh, that's an interesting matchup. Classic striker versus grappler. So there you go. All right, we are done. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. We'll do it again. Uh, probably in the middle of the UFC Charlotte weigh-ins. And then we'll have a preview show for UFC Charlotte tomorrow at noon Eastern. Noon Eastern. So join us for that. Should be a lot of fun. And we'll have the People's Pre-Fight Show nice and early on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, to get you ready for UFC Charlotte. Post-fight show. On to the next one. All that fun stuff. Uh, and don't forget BTL. 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, be myself, Jed Mishu, and... Brian Campbell from Morning Combat. So that should be a lot of fun. So thank you very much. See you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.